Jesus, you are the King of kings, Lord of lords. You are the God who holds this entire world in your hands. Father, with um, so much going on in the world around us, so much going on, everything, um, pray that you will be with us this morning. I pray that we would be grounded in your truth, that we would be able to find hope in your truth, that we would be able to look towards you, that we would boast in nothing else but you. Give us wisdom, give us understanding, give us hope today. Give us wisdom today. I pray that you would teach us. Teach us what we need to know. Teach us what we need to understand today. Father, I thank you that you died on the cross and raised from the dead. But even more than that, I'm thankful that you are a good shepherd, the one who goes out before us, the one who tends to his flock, the one that cares for us, the one that wants to give us life and life abundantly as opposed to the thief who wants to come in to kill, still, and destroy. Be with us today as we walk through this text. Be with us today as we're in this together. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, today, we, we have been going through the Gospel of John. This should be no surprise, but as we're walking through the Gospel of John, we've seen various different conversations Jesus has had. In the beginning, we talked about that he was the Word of God, and we talked about him being the heart of the gospel, his death, burial, and resurrection. We saw the contrast between the woman at the well, and then we also saw the contrast between that and Nicodemus, who was a religious elite. We saw that in the beauty of how Jesus sp speaks to both types of people group. We just recently got um, through a sermon called The Light of the World, where we talked about Jesus illuminating. And we were just in chapter 9, right? But now we were going into the Good Shepherd. We're going to be talking about Christ as the Good Shepherd. We see this theme play out in chapter 10, and then it will go on to chapter 11, where it talks about raising Lazarus from the dead. And then this leads us to the final week of Jesus Christ's earthly ministry when he goes to the cross, dies on the cross in place of sinners, raises from the dead. And then the church is birthed at Pentecost. So, like I said, we are starting a new sermon series, and the title is Good Shepherd. And Jesus shifts a bit of his discourse from being light of the world to being the good shepherd. It talks in the first few verses about him being the door, right? I, I want us to have that in our mindset as we go forward. forward. And then he gets into the discourse of him being the shepherd. So we'll be talking a little bit about the door today. And as the door, we must know that Jesus is the one that we must go through. All other paths are the paths of thieves and robbers. That's it, right? We will see that the shepherd calls out his sheep to himself, and those sheep will hear the shepherd's voice. We must remember the context of this story and the larger context of the Gospel of John. Right? I want to make sure that when we read Scripture, we don't just flip this book open, put our finger down and say, that's my verse, and have no context for what's going on. So remember that chapter 10 
is right after chapter 9. In chapter 9, we were talking about a blind man that Jesus, he spat in the ground, made mud, put it on the man's eyes, made him wash. Then the man regained his sight. Very interesting story about a healing. And we see the jealousy and hatred of the religious elite as they kicked him out of church, said that he can't be in the synagogue. But his sheep heard the shepherd's voice. Not only that, the shepherd, which is Jesus, came to the blind man after he was kicked out of the synagogue. I love that story. It moved me so deeply to see the picture of God coming to the outcast last week. He came to the synagogue and he sought him out and he revealed more deeply who he was. Jesus did this to a blind man who was blind since birth. So this morning, we're going to read a text that provides some context in order to lay the groundwork, I think, to help us understand better what Jesus is trying to communicate. We are going to see this contrast within this story in John chapter 10. We're going to see that there are thieves and robbers. We're going to see that some seek out sheep for selfish gain. We see that there are shepherds. And there are strangers. Those are the two distinct groups that we see. We see shepherds and we see strangers. And ultimately, Jesus is saying that he is the true shepherd, the one who takes care of his people. He knows them and he calls them by name. And the church has hope in the fact that Jesus Christ is the good shepherd that cares for his flock. This is good news. So the contrast we're going to talk about a little bit this morning is strangers and shepherds. If you open up your bulletin, you won't see anything. You can write it down. I gave you more space to scribble. We're going to be going back and forth between that because if you look at this text, he talks about the thieves and robbers, then he talks about Jesus himself being the good shepherd, then he talks about thieves and robbers. So we're going to be bouncing back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. But we'll be able to see this dichotomy, this uh, contrast between what he's trying to show. So this is the text today. We're in John chapter 10, and it starts like this. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him, the gatekeeper opens the sheep will hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name. He leads them out, and when he has brought out all his own, he goes before them. And the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. Chapter, uh, verse 6 says, this is a figure of speech Jesus used with them. But they did not understand what Jesus was saying to them. Verse 7. So Jesus again said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, I will be saved. Uh, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. Verse 10, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I come that you may have life and have it abundantly. 
It's a wonderful text. This is a beautiful text. But remember what I said about the Bible, that this book is not some disjointed series of unconnected fairy tales. This is a history of God's people, right? Seeing how the God of the universe has revealed in history to save and redeem his people. This book is ultimately about Jesus Christ, the Messiah. We know that this is eternal life to know the one and only true God in Jesus Christ whom you've sent. So how do we know about God? Through his word. Alex, a wonderful man in this church, he was leading the prayer this morning. He's been working on something called a big Bible overview where we're going to be taking people through the entire storyline of the Bible in one sitting. This will help you grasp over the whole storyline and hopefully equip you to tackle the Bible unscared. Right? Because it can be terrifying. It's like, what is this? Habakkuk. Like, what is that word? I don't even know what that is. So being able to take that fear out of it. Right? I know when I talk to people that getting them to understand the entire Bible can be daunting and overwhelming. But here at Salt and Light, we want to equip the saints for the work of the ministry and give you confidence in this book that we say you need to be saturated in. So I'm saying that just because a nice little plug, be on the lookout in the beginning of 2021 that we were going to be talking about this, but we are committed to this book and the Christ that is revealed in it, right? So we don't want to argue over opinions or carpet colors or paint colors. We want to Go to this book, learn this book, be saturated in this book, be a prayerful people. We want to be unified. We want to be kind and gentle. We want to live out what this book says. In order for us to understand this book, we need to be in this book. So we're just trying to do whatever it takes in order to take away this fear. That's why we have those resources in the back. That's why we have MCs, because we want to do this walk together. So in order to understand this passage, though, I think it's important for us to go back to move forward. That's why I talked about the Big Bible Overview. It's because I'm going to have to go back to make sure we know what we're talking about here in John. So I want to make a little pit stop in the book of Ezekiel. Ezekiel was a prophet of God, right? And in chapter 34, I want us to pay attention to the imagery that we see in this text. So we're going to be in Ezekiel 34. I believe we'll have it up on the back. So just follow along with me. Ezekiel hears this. The word of the Lord came to me. Son of man, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel. Prophesy. Say to them, even to the shepherds, thus says the Lord God, Ah, shepherds of Israel, who have been feeding ourselves. Pause. The God of the Bible is using shepherds as an imagery for the leaders in Israel. He's talking about the leadership structure, the religious elite here. So I want you to pay attention to this with that in mind. Thus says the Lord God, ah, shepherds of Israel who have been feeding ourselves. Should not shepherds feed the sheep? You eat the fat. You clothe yourselves with wool. You slaughter the fat ones, but you do not feed the sheep. The weak you have not strengthened, 
The sick you have not healed, the injured you have not bound up, the strayed you have not brought back, the lost you have not sought. And with force and harshness you have ruled them. So they were scattered because there was no shepherd, and they became food for all the wild beasts. My sheep, it's God talking, are scattered. They wandered all over the mountains and in every high hill. My sheep are scattered all over the face of the earth with none to search and seek for them. Therefore, you shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. As I live, declares the Lord God, surely because my sheep have become prey, and my sheep have become food for the wild beasts, since there is no shepherd, and because my shepherd have not searched for my sheep, but the shepherd have fed themselves, I have not fed my sheep. Therefore, you shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God, behold, I am against the shepherds. I will require my sheep at their hands and put a stop to their feeding of the sheep. No longer will those shepherds feed, the, uh, feed themselves. I will rescue my sheep from their mouths. They may not be food for them. Verse 11 says... For thus says the Lord God, Behold, I, I myself will search for sheep and seek them out. Didn't we see this last week with the blind man? Didn't we see when he was kicked out of the synagogue, Jesus came to him. For thus says the Lord God, Behold, I myself will search for the sheep and will seek them out, as a shepherd seeks out his flock when he is among his sheep that have been scattered. So will I seek out my sheep, and I will rescue them from all the places where they have been scattered from the day of clouds and thick darkness. I will bring them out from the peoples and gather them from the countries, and I will bring them into their own land, and I will feed them on the mountains of Israel, by the ravines and in the inhabited places of the country. I will feed them with good pasture on the mountain heights of Israel, shall be grazing in the land. There they shall lie down in good grazing land, and on the rich pasture they shall feed on the mountains of Israel. This is God talking to his sheep. I myself will be the shepherd of my sheep, and I myself will make them lie down, declares the Lord. I will seek the lost. I will bring back the strayed. I will bind up the injured. I will strengthen the weak. The fat and the strong I will destroy. I will feed them in justice. As for you, my flock, thus says the Lord God, behold, I judge between sheep and sheep, between rams and male goats. It is not enough for you to feed on the ground of the good pasture that you must tread down on the feet the rest of your pasture and drink of the clear water. You must muddy for the rest of the water in your feet. And must my sheep eat what you have trodden with your feet and drink what you have muddied with your feet? Therefore, Thus says the Lord God to them, Behold, I myself will judge between fat sheep and lean sheep. Because you push the side and shoulder and thrust are all the weak with your horns. For you have scattered them abroad. Verse 22, God once again talking about the failure of the leaders of Israel. He says, I will rescue my flock. They shall no longer be prey. I will judge between sheep and sheep, and I will set up over them one shepherd, my servant David, and he shall feed him, and they sh he shall feed them and be their shepherd. 
And I, the Lord, will be their God, and my servant David shall be prince among them. I am the Lord, I have spoken. Hundreds of years before Jesus Christ is burst onto the scene, born of a Virgin Mary, says, I will rescue my flock. They shall no longer be prey. I will judge between sheep and sheep, and I will set over them one shepherd, my servant David, and he shall feed them, and he shall be their shepherd. So prophecy fulfilled in Jesus Christ has been talked about for years. This prophecy fulfilled is what Jesus is speaking right here. He is making it clear that he is God and that he is the good shepherd who comes for his sheep. That he will seek the lost, that Jesus will bring back the strayed, that he will bind up the injured, that he will strengthen the weak, that the fat and the strong he will destroy and he will feed them in justice. This is the God whom we serve and we see his actions being displayed from chapter 9. With the blind man, what happened? Verse 34, they answered him, You were born in utter sin, and you would teach us, and they cast him out. What did Jesus do? He heard that they cast him out and find him and said, Do you believe in the Son of Man? Notice how Jesus did this, all these things to this man. He sought the one who was lost. He brought back the strayed. He bound up the injured. We serve a good God. Once again, now, now with that in mind, I know that's a big chunk of text, but in order to understand the word of God properly, we have to understand it entirety. So we have to understand that Ezekiel is pointing to a time when Christ has come and Christ has came. Right? So once again, John 10 says this, truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in another way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him, the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice, and he calls the sheep by name. He leads them out. When he brought them out of his own, they, he goes before them. This imagery is, shouldn't be lost on us. In the first century, it wouldn't have been lost on them. Jesus is claiming that he is the shepherd that comes in Ezekiel 34. This idea being presented might be one that gets lost on us in 21st century minds. Not many of us are shepherds. We might not even seen a shepherd. For a moment, we have to jump into a first century picture of shepherds. Shepherding was an intimate occupation. And this occupation that God readily uses to talk about his people. One of the most famous psalms in all the Bible, Psalm 23, is talking about the shepherd and his sheep. The Bible is full of shepherds and shepherding imagery. Know that the shepherd did not drive his sheep. He didn't whip them from behind to push them out. He goes before them. This should be a beautiful thing. For us, a shepherd would take typically tend his sheep for years. He calls the sheep by name. He knows them, and they would know their shepherd. And I cannot stress it enough that this is a highly personal occupation. That the sheep relied on the shepherd for their very care. Sheep depended on the shepherd for twenty-four-seven care. Fascinating thing, a shepherd kept their sheep in two kind of sheepfolds. If they were out of country, 
The sheepfold was a low-walled fence made up of stone with a narrow gate going in front. They were in town. The fold was much bigger and structurally sounder, and it was more of a communal pen. Often, there would be a professional gatekeeper, and that's a man who is in charge of who gets to go in and out. The communal pen is what Jesus is referencing here. He pictures the shepherd coming up to the fence, being recognized by the gatekeeper, walks among a multiple uh, multitude of flocks, and the shepherd would begin to talk to a sheep. And that characteristic cadence that only the sheep would know. They know that that's their guide, that that's their shepherd, that he is their shepherd. Then he would separate out his flock. And that shepherd would lead those sheep into pasture. There are two types of shepherds here in this passage. There are strangers and true shepherds. Notice what it says about the strangers. This is where I'm going to chunk it out. These are all the negative viewpoints of the strangers, right? Verse 1 says, Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter by the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in another way, that man is a thief and the robber. That's what it says in verse 1. Verse 2, it says, a stranger they will not follow, talking about sheep that aren't theirs, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. Number 8 says, all who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. Verse 10 says, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. This is the stranger. This is the negative viewpoint of it. Jesus called the one who does not enter by the sheepfold, they'll enter into the sheepfold by the gate, a thief and a robber. And what do thieves and robbers do? They're sneaky. They sneak in. They try to steal stubborn sheep. If they don't know the shepherd, it can be a challenge for them to take these sheep and get them out of the pen. So many commentators think they didn't come into the main gate. These sheep were probably being stubborn. They would cut the throat of the sheep and throw it over the fence. That was it. Completely disregarding for any life, only using that sheep for what that stranger shepherd could do. That's why Jesus calls them thieves and robbers. Thief and a robber does not have the best interests of the sheep in mind. He does not want to tend to the flock. He doesn't want to care for the flock. He doesn't want to provide for the flock. No, he wants the meat or whatever he can do to get money from that sheep. It's a travesty, and these thieves should be, that, that, that they would just take what doesn't belong to them, and they would steal it and claim it as their own. But no, Jesus is responding to the religious elite. We have to understand this in context. By refusing to acknowledge what Jesus did for this blind man, they show that they are not shepherds, but they are thieves and robbers. These men know the scriptures. Jesus is letting them know in Ezekiel. He is saying basically when he says, hey, there are some sheep and they're thieves and robbers. Those are you. He is saying, you eat the fat and clothe yourself with wool. You slaughter the fat ones, but you do not feed the sheep. The weak you have not strengthened. The sick you have not healed. The injured you have not bound up, the strayed you have not brought back, the lost you have not sought, and with force 
and harshness you ruled them. These people knew the scripture, so Jesus claiming to be the good shepherd, he is saying that these people are that. They do not care about the Lord's flock, the sheep of his pasture. They only care about indulging their own selfish desires, their own pride. They don't care that they are stealing and killing sheep. Their end goal is not God's glory or the safety of the sheep or people. The religious elite have proven time and time again that they do not care about the people of God. They only care about themselves. They refuse to enter by the door. You see the contrast of the God that we serve versus what the leadership was like here. Do you see their motivation? They are motivated by selfish gain. What can they get? But verse 2 in the contrast says, But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name. He leads them out. When he has brought them out of town, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. So Jesus again said to them, Truly, truly, please hear this. Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. I am the door, and if anyone enters by me, he will be saved, and he will go in and out and find pasture. I come that they may have life and have it abundantly. This is what Jesus frames as the good shepherd. Jesus explains in verse 2 that the shepherd doesn't climb over a fence. He doesn't sneak around using intimidation. The shepherd can walk right through the door. In fact, Jesus is the door. And these men who hop the fence to avoid going through Jesus are thieves and robbers. You see the contrast. The contrast between the religious leaders and Jesus himself, the true leader. We see some deep truths that we should hold on to as Christians. So much depth into what Jesus says in 10 verses. Jesus goes on in verses 10, 3 to describe how both sheep and the gatekeeper accept the shepherd. That he has the authority to walk right into the pen. Because he has the rightful claim to that which he is. Jesus has the rightful claim to his church. Jesus has the rightful claim to his church and the people who make up the body of Christ. The sheep recognize his voice. Just like the blind man heard Jesus when he called him and healed him. The shepherd has specific knowledge of what sheep belong to him. He's named them. He calls them by name. Know this, if you are a believer and you are a part of the flock of God, Jesus knows you by name. He knows you by name. He calls you by name. He will lovingly take care of you, provide for you, and love you. Because of the trust we have in him, the sheep willingly follow the shepherd. The metaphor continues in verse 4. And I love this. The sheep, he goes before the sheep. It can be terrifying to go out to the wilderness and not have any guide. It can be terrifying to go out and be like, I don't know where I'm even going. But know this, Colossians 1 puts it this way. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created, 
in heaven and earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authority, all things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body of the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, so that in everything he may be preeminent. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile him to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of the cross. Jesus Christ goes before his people. Jesus Christ is revealed to us in Colossians 1 as God himself, firstborn of all creation, where everything was created. The one who is in front of us, the one who is guiding our steps, is Jesus. And that is a safe place to be. It might seem scared. It might seem terrifying. It might seem nerve-wracking. But the safest place to be is in the footsteps of the Savior, following him. But the contrast in verse 5, where Jesus says, The sheep will not follow the stranger because they do not know the voice of strangers. Strangers will say whatever they can to get the sheep riled up and try to get them to move. This is why we, as people, must be acquainted with the voice of our shepherd. And how can we do that? The thing I've been saying for years, we must be scripture saturated. We can hear the very words of God daily. We can find rest in his words. The more we read, the more we hear his voice, the more we can move when he calls. Because Jesus is the good shepherd and the religious elite hated Jesus. They were thieves and robbers. The sheep who hear his voice of Jesus. The one whom he calls. He will lead out. They are a part of his flock. They are his. They're not of this world. They're not anyone else's. But this is a hard saying because the implication here is the sheep that do not know his voice, the sheep that do not know the voice of Jesus Christ who have not gone through the door, they do not belong to him. They do not belong to him. Jesus is explaining why some in the crowd see him heal a blind man with mud and dirt and believe that he is the Messiah. And that man will go on to tell everybody that he is the one who healed them, so much so that he will be kicked out of the synagogue again. It cost him everything. But other people who saw the same thing do not think he's God. Do not think he's from God, think he's a blasphemer, think he is of the devil, full of demons, because he does not keep the Sabbath. Verses 1 through 6, Jesus is clearly the shepherd, but in verse 7 through 10, Jesus names himself the door. What is that significance? He's saying that any true shepherd of God's people must enter by him. Him and him alone. Never believe that the door that you must enter through is works or status or wealth. The door is Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone. Jesus is the door that you have to enter, enter through. All other ways are thieves and robbers. If people deny Christ, if they deny that he is the way, the truth, the life, no one gets to God except through him, they're false teachers. If they deny that Jesus is king, they're false teachers. They're thieves and robbers. There are not many ways to come to God. There's one door. One door. And that door 
is made out of the cross at Calvary where the Son of God paid the penalty for your sins by standing in your place. That is the reality. True people of God will be not be misled by thieves. But take hold because as I was thinking about that and praying, I was like, golly. Jesus saved a thief on the cross. So take heart that next to him, when he calls out, regardless of where you're at, regardless of what you've done, regardless of where you are at this moment, if you hear his voice today and respond, you become a part of his flock. Thief on the cross had a death sentence, dying. But Jesus says, behold, you will be with me in paradise. That's why he says, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. Anyone, no matter your status today, Jesus will shepherd his flock to the green pastures. And this is Glorious news. There will be still waters. And this is glorious news. There is safety in the sheepfold. There is hope in the sheepfold. There is a future when you know you're following the steps of the one who created and sustains all. In order to find true rest, the sheep must enter through the door. There is no other way. There's only one door that saves, and that door is Jesus. And that sheep in the fold will be saved from eternal danger. That contrast cannot be any more clear when we see in verse 10. Notice how it shifts from a thief to the thief. The thief. These people who jump over the fence do not enter by the door. We saw in chapter 8, Jesus talks about the contrast of people who have God as their father and the devil as their father. He says in 8.44, you are of your father, the devil, and your will is to do your father's desires. He is a murderer from the beginning, does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. He speaks lies. He speaks out of his own character for he is a liar and a father of lies. So where the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy, I come that you may have life and have it abundantly. If you don't get anything, get this. Jesus isn't trying to rob you of joy. He is letting you know that there is sin and disobedience, and those commands are killing you. They are stealing from you. They are destroying you. But true life, eternal life, abundant life, is found only when you enter through the door of Christ, because he is the good shepherd that leads his people out. He goes before us. He knows us by name. He protects us and cares for us. Where the world, world, the thief wants to kill us, steal from us, and destroy us. Some of you today might, for the first time, be hearing Jesus and saying, I want to enter through that door. And if that is you, I will be out and about. You will have Alex, you will have David. Please let us pray with you and talk with you. Be able to give you more um, just time 
Time to listen. Time to hear. There's one door. That's it. But there's one good shepherd. I want to pray for us and then we'll do communion. Father, thank you for these men and women here. I pray that you would be redeeming people to yourself. Give us wisdom and understanding this week and give us hope this week. I'm thankful for everyone in this room. Bless them and be with them. Fill them up with your wisdom and understanding. We pray this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen.